Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered, the podcast of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, a global organization dedicated to research and practice advances in thoracic oncology. You can find all our podcasts on SoundCloud and at IASLC.org in the newsroom. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Lin. Hello, I'm Dr. Narges Duma. I'm the Associate Director of the Cancer Care Equity Program at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, a medical oncologist, and a member of the faculty at Harvard Medical School. Today, I will be your host for this episode of Lung Cancer Considered. We are honored to have three wonderful guests today from the ILCC STARS program. Before the podcast, I asked our hosts or guests to help me with their names. So I'm doing the best I can with this Spanish accent. So we have Caleb Nguyenio, comes from Nigeria and participated in the STARS program two years ago as a patient research advocate. Hello. Yeah, hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And particularly, we have many different time zones from this podcast. We have people in different parts of the world. So we are very thankful for the ones that woke up very early and the ones that stay up very late. We're also joined by Erica Labachek, patient research advocate and founder of the nonprofit Yeah Best Life from Illinois. Hi, Erica. Hi, Narjas. Good morning from Chicago. Thank you for having me. And we also have Lillian Lee, a STARS mentor from Australia, who's staying late to be here with us. <laughs> so lovely to be here. Hi, Najas, and thank you so much for having me as well. I'm so delighted to be hosting this episode with the three of you. We are going to give a little background to our audience about the STARS program. So the ILCC Supportive Training for Advocates and Research and Science program started in 2019. I still remember it was in Barcelona. This is with the recognition that many of our patients with lung cancer tends to the advancements of science and very resilient patients that are living longer. And we have more and more advocates that are fighting with us to improve the care of our patients with lung cancer. Patient advocates are dedicated to supporting patients, their loved ones, improving lung cancer education, awareness, generating funds and advocacy and awarding grants. There is another type of cancer advocacy called research advocacy. Research advocates are volunteers with a personal connection to cancer who are passionate about helping research translate into meaningful outcomes for patients and their families. Lung cancer research advocates provide the perspective of the lung cancer patient community to help research focus on the questions that are important to the patients and their families, to conduct studies that are realistic, comprehensive, that can apply to patient care. I had the pleasure of working with several research advocates, and I had the testimony that any study that I have patients advocates or patient activists has turned 100% better thanks to the input of our patients. So Lillian is a mentor at the STARS program. Can you tell us a little bit more about the definition of research advocacy and what got you involved in this? Thanks, Nigel. And yes, I 100% agree with what you've just said about the value of um, research advocacy and also, you know, what is it? For me, research advocacy is really about the act of promoting not just the patients, but also the caregivers and the community's interest in every aspect, I guess, of health research and the whole health research system, and also being the link 
between the researchers and the community. So I guess for me, mean that research advocates might work directly with researchers like yourself, Najast, on particular projects or being a part of a scientific advisory committee of a research institution. It could also be a part of advocating for shifts in research investments or um, advocating for changes in the priorities of funding bodies. And research advocates can also sit on um, ethics committees or IRBs or grant review committees. I guess when I was personally diagnosed with lung cancer in 2014 and I got involved with research advocacy when my treatment started to settle down and, and I was doing well and I really wanted to give back. And more importantly, I wanted to understand why research funding for lung cancer was so low, it, you know, very disproportionately low compared to the mortality and the, the low survival rate of lung cancer. And I really got involved by doing a variety of the things that I've just mentioned, by being a grant reviewer for a major cancer research funder and becoming involved with a collaborative clinical trials group in lung cancer, which is now known as the Thoracic Oncology Group of Australasia. I was invited by the ISLC to be a mentor in 2019, and I very, very gladly accept it because we really desperately need more research advocates there's so much to do and, you know, I'm really grateful that they've continued that program. Thank you, Lillian, for sharing that with us. I think we're continuing to learn from each other. And I had the pleasure of working with advocates and to start asking the questions that matter to our patients is so important. Caleb yeah. and Erica, as a scientific membership organization that recognizes the importance of patient research advocates, the ISLC started the STARS program to increase the number of patient research advocates, quite trained to provide accurate scientific translation into their online and real-life groups for patients with lung cancer and their caregivers. Can you tell us a little bit more about your participation in the STARS program and what made you apply? We're going to start with Caleb. Yeah, thank you very much, NJ. Thank you for this opportunity. You know, the first STARS program, like you mentioned, was in Barcelona. And I applied, you know, um, for the program because I wanted to, like, learn more, you know, in, in terms of long, the science of lung cancer. I have been a research advocate for other types of cancers. But for lung cancer, this was my first time, you know, um, because I had preconceived notions on lung cancer. What I knew about lung cancer was... If you don't smoke, you don't get lung cancer. So that was all I knew before it happened personally to me that I, someone close to me got lung cancer and never smoked one and it died. So that drove me into wanting to know more about lung cancer and knowing that in this area of the world, you know, Africa, we talk little, you know, about lung cancer and I applied for, you know, it and I got into it and it was, and it's been a great experience. It's the, the mentor I had in 2019, Opal, was very instrumental in helping me, you know, develop myself as a research advocate in terms of lung cancer. And that mentorship, you know, continues to this very day that we are working on projects together with the society to make, to, to find out, because we, what made me, this program 
make me realize we have to start from the basics. You know, we have a lot of research going on in the West, in America, in Europe, in, in Australia, but none is happening in Africa. And um, we want to go to the basics and we've solicited the help of major doctors, African doctors who are based in the U.S., to go to the grassroots in Africa and make sure that we, first of all, find out the burden of proof um, or the burden of lung cancer in Africa. So this program has opened me to a lot, a lot, and I'm still learning a lot you know, from the program. Even not being on the program, but you know, having that mentorship that was put in place in 2019, still going ahead to now, you know, um, having myself, Opal, and Jill, and Christine, you know, being in the group, you know, an African group trying to move lung cancer in Africa forward. So it's been, you know, a great experience for me. Thank you for sharing your experience, Bias. Erika? You know, I would actually say that I applied to the STARS program out of frustration. I am not a medical person and science was definitely, the science behind all of it was a lot for me. And when I decided to become a patient advocate, I started attending conferences. I was watching webinars and trying to read scientific articles and just felt lost with all the information. But at the same time, I felt this sense of urgency to know what it all meant. And I'm the type of person that when I want to learn something, I want to learn everything that I can. And this time it felt like my life depended on it. So the STARS program was great for me because each week we would cover something new. And usually there was a guest speaker from either academia or pharma. And it was usually someone well known in the lung cancer community speaking about you know various topics of medical interest. And it really, for me, helped break down the science. Thank you. And I appreciate your honesty. I think we all learning how lung cancer has continued to evolve. I remember writing grants early in my career and I just submitted a grant on Friday and we were learning and evolving to make sure we have supportive environment and a stigma-free environment and everything we do for patients with lung cancer, including research. So as you know, the last year has been quite challenging. Um, last year and this year, right? We keep blaming on 2020, but mm-hmm. something's also happened in 2021. So Erica, can you talk to us a little bit about how the STARS project needed to react and change in respond to the pandemic? So, you know, the STARS program went virtual and, you know, Zoom calls, and I think they pivoted very quickly, just like everyone else when we realized that things were not going to be coming back in a month and this was going to be a much longer situation for everybody. And I think they did an amazing job. They had guest speakers that came, you know, every single week. A lot of us were starstruck because, you know, we follow all you guys on Twitter. So we know who's who. And it was like, oh, they're going to be on the call. So It was exciting and, you know, we were learning something all the time and, you know, they did what they needed to do to make the program work. And I, you know, my hats are off to them because they, it's a lot of work for, you know, what they're doing and volunteering. So I felt like they did a great job in 2020. 
The only thing is, you know, we didn't get to go to Barcelona and we didn't get to go to Singapore. So that was the only thing that would have been nice if we actually could have gotten to go and see everyone and be together at the final World Conference for Lung Cancer at the end of the program. But, you know, maybe that's in the future. Lillian, and as a mentor, how do you need it to adapt due to the pandemic? I must admit the first year when I was the STARS mentor for the 2019 program, it was a six-month program and we had a few modules online. This was pre-pandemic and my skills in video conferencing wasn't the best. And because it was a face-to-face conference, it meant that the group was a lot smaller We had Caleb, we had a few other people from around the world, and it was really hard to actually juggle the time zones and find a a time that was appropriate for all of us. And I remember waking up early at 4.30 to try and be a mentor at that hour and really found it really quite challenging. It wasn't really until I met everyone face to face in Barcelona that we really got to do a lot of learning together and I got to not only be a mentor, but also really just be a colleague and and really get to know each other and and learn together and build relationships. I'm really amazed by just, yeah, like Erica said, just how quickly that shifted when it needed to be, when the pandemic hit. And what I found was different as a mentor was that because everyone was already on video conferencing and because it was online, the the world, World Lung and also the whole module was online, it meant that we could have a lot more participants and everyone was able to meet online. We were able to separate the, the different time zones so that we could find a time that was suitable for everyone. And I felt that was really, you know, useful as a mentor, but also we shifted the way we mentored. So the first year we had a one-on-one relationship. The second and third year, we collectively as mentors, as a group, mentored all of the participants. And I found that really useful because, you know, as mentors, as advocates, we are all very different in our approach, in our experience. And if we as mentors work together, we can bring our strengths to the group so that I guess the PRAs were able to access more knowledge and skills across, you know, different continents. And I've really enjoyed how that has shifted and and evolved over the years. Thank you for sharing your experience with us, Lillian. So Erica, can you talk to us a little bit about your patient research advocacy project, We in STARS, and what do you hope to do? What will you have learned at the STARS program? So my presentation for STARS was on lung cancer screening and early detection, which has long been a passion of mine. I have said since I was diagnosed that I hope in my lifetime, I can see lung cancer screening for all. So everyone has a chance at early diagnosis. I didn't wanna see another mom go through what I went through or anyone for that matter. And it was nice because they allowed us to pick our what we really wanted to do and what was really your passion in the lung cancer space. So that was really nice. And you were able to do a deep dive 
into the material you wanted to learn more about, which I appreciated. And it ended with a project that you presented for five minutes um, to your colleagues. So it was really a great experience. And I will say, I use the knowledge from STARS all the time. I sit as a board member on the Elk Positive Incorporated group, and which is a patient driven lung cancer organization raising money for research. And we make real decisions all the time based on research and science. And I am able to actively contribute to those discussions. But I will say, I used the knowledge from the STARS program while I was in the STARS program itself. One of the last you know, assignments that we have is to attend the World Conference for Lung Cancer and try to get out of it as much as you possibly can and attend as many sessions as you're able to and you know do it on your own and see where your knowledge you know takes you now and i will tell you when i was watching a presentation live tweeting about the presentation during the presentation and looking at the graphs being thrown up quickly and understanding them too i realized you know this program is really something. I have really learned something in this program because I was not able to do that prior. Thank you, Erica. And that's so important. I always joke around some of my talks that it's very hard to do a oncology talk without at least two or three graphs, especially Kaplan-Mayer graphs. They're like... So hard. <laughs> they're pretty much everywhere. So, Caleb, can you tell our listeners about lung cancer in Nigeria and what it's like to be a patient research advocate there? And what do you hope to accomplish as you work at the STARS program? Yeah, thank you, NJ, for lung cancer in Nigeria. I can remember the presentation that I gave at the, the last STARS that was you know, online because I had to give a presentation uh, like Erica on, on lung cancer screening. And I had about six slides up. And the first was that uh, it's um, lung cancer, first of all, is uh, discovered by mistake in Nigeria. There's typically no lung cancer screening in Nigeria. It's zero. It's lung cancer, it's, you know, when people hear about lung cancer in, in, in Nigeria or in Africa, what they think about is smoking. And um, it's really hard, you know. So what STARS has, you know, uh, the benefit that I've gotten out of STARS is, you know, connecting with mentors, mentors that care and want to get things done. Because the basics of the matter about lung cancer in Africa is knowing where the body is. You know, we can say, we know definitely that a lot of people die of lung cancer in Africa, but we cannot, you know, pinpoint, okay, we have to use research. And without research, you can't really know what, you know, you can't really say, okay, this is the body or this is what, you know, happens. And that's why, you know, True Stars, we're coming up with a program um, to do a research, you know, to find out the body of lung cancer in Africa. And having the help of my mentor, um, my STARS mentor in 2019, Opal, you know, Jill and um, Kristen, I'm coming together to get this, you know, as in I'm done. And we are, we've started it. We are looking into presenting something in the next conference. 
Um, so STARS has really, really been helpful. And I, and I believe as well, one thing that we want to do as well, we want more people from Africa going for STARS. And we are coming up as well with a program to help you know, people because one of the issues as well, we know that people can't really afford to come for you know, um, these conferences, but we're trying to get programs together to get people the access so that they will be able to come for this and become lung cancer advocates and you know, research advocates as well. And um, I believe that it will go a long way you know, to help in Africa because the case in Africa is really, really sad. I know it's bad everywhere, everywhere else, but in Africa, you have to imagine you know, how bad you know, it is. In long, I, we, I have, um, there's a doctor in, in Kenya. Um, so what he did um, was that because most times when you have the symptoms of lung cancer, the first thing that they, you know, as in push you to is, you know, tuberculosis. So what he did is that he, you know, set up a clinic within the tuberculosis clinic to help. Uh, so when there's anyone that comes in or that's been treated in the clinic for um, tuberculosis um, resistance, you know, drug um, resistance. So what he does is that he takes them, you know, through, you know, the lung cancer, you know, and screening. And it's found out that a large percentage of those who are said to have tuberculosis and, you know, it cannot be treated are actually lung cancer. You know, so there's a lot that needs to be done. And I believe that we, you know, um, the STARS program actually has been really, really helpful to getting, you know, things um, started on ground. So I could say, you know, just to answer the question, nothing really much is happening in terms of lung cancer awareness, lung cancer research in Africa. But with the STARS program, something is, you know, we are kicking up something. And um, I'm sure by next year, we'll have good news to tell in that, in that regard. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think it's extremely important that we include all voices of patients with lung cancer. Sometimes we're in this little bubble in the United States, and we need to remember that risk access to medications and challenges are very different by geographic location from Latin America. And lung cancer is a big issue for younger women, particularly in Colombia and Venezuela, where I'm from. So every voice matters. And I'm so glad that you were able to join us today, Caleb. Yeah, thank you, Angie. So Lung Cancer Awareness Month is started yesterday. It means Lung Cancer Awareness Month means something different to each of our listeners. Could you, each of you, talk a little bit about what this month means to you and what is your hope for lung cancer research moving forward? I'm going to start with Lillian. Thanks, NJ. The meaning of Lung Cancer Awareness Month for me has really evolved over the past years. And initially for me, I think the meaning of the month is really to raise awareness with the public and with policymakers about the high mortality rate, the low survival and the disproportionately low research funding that goes towards lung cancer. And eventually that sort of became about more about connection. I think that lung cancer is probably one of the diseases that is quite um, lonely. And I think there's a huge need for the community to really connect. And so I think Lung Cancer Awareness Month for me is more now about connection and about commemorating those people who have passed before us and also celebrating hope. I've learned 
I guess in the last seven years, I've really seen an acceleration of lung cancer research. I've seen the the needle of survival moving, but I've only seen that in, as Caleb has said, you know, in some places. And what NJ you just said as well, that I think the inequity is growing as research advances and as research accelerates. And I really hope that we start addressing that. I really hope that we will move the needle towards cure and a full prevention of the horrible disease. But I really hope that we will reach that point together, regardless of where you live, regardless of your socioeconomic status. And really, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. I really hope that our community won't leave anyone behind. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's important, it's really important that we include every voice as we move forward because every voice has a different story to tell. I'm going to now move to Erica. Erica, what Lung Cancer Awareness Month means to you? and What do you hope the research moves forward? You know, I really am going to echo what Lillian said. It has evolved for me too. It's changed over the last four years that I've been a survivor. And, you know, it's always going to remind me to educate, talk about lung cancer awareness, raise money for research. But, you know, now I also have been in this game long enough that I remember during Lung Cancer Awareness Month, the people that I've lost, I've survived long enough that I've lost several friends now. And it's a time for me to become a better advocate and for them and to have their voice now. And for the hope for lung cancer research, you know, we are going down an amazing road right now where I feel like there's FDA approvals happening all the time. I feel like I open my email and it's another lung cancer FDA approval this week. And that's amazing. And I hope that continues. I hope that we see equal government funding compared to other cancers. And I hope that young investigators stay interested in lung cancer and want to study lung cancer so we can continue down our current road and have it be accelerated even more. Thank you, Erica. Caleb? So like the, the Lillian and Erica said, um, Lung Cancer Awareness Month, to me, one end you know, means hope. The other end as well, you know, I reflect on how I got into the lung cancer awareness and um, having, you know, coming with the notion um, that I had that um, reaching out, I can still remember, you know, how I reached out to Jill and he, she pointed me to, to IALCLC. And that has, you know, really, really changed my life in terms of lung cancer in general. And um, and and in when talking about hope as well, it it gives me hope that the society, the organization, it really cares. You know, having to get their resources, like what I you know spoke about. You know, we're trying to do in Africa. The ISLCL is actually you know behind. You know, wanting to make every voice heard. You know, in in, in remote parts in Africa. So I see hope 
and anytime the November you know comes around, I see you know it brings you know hope alive you know in me, knowing that this journey we were just we're just starting it now, but I believe that in the next couple of years we'll see a lot of you know great results you know coming out from the coalitions that were formed from the stars program and from the society as well. Um, so that is that that gives me much hope. So that's why I say. Thank you, Colette, for sharing that with us. Many of our listeners are doctors, nurses, other health professionals, patients, caregivers, advocates. Before we finish this episode, we would like to ask you for a few pearls of wisdom for anyone that would be interested in getting involved in the advocacy work and more. We're going to start with you, Caleb. Yeah, so the truth of the matter is that I've seen, you know, I've been in conferences, you know, and that had to do with cancer. And, I, and I've heard a lot from the doctors, you know, the nurses that we have, you know, here in, in Africa. And I can tell you that there's a lot that they need that needs to be, in terms of education, they need to, most of the time, when they go for conferences, I can remember one time I went to a conference in San Antonio. It was a breast cancer, you know, um, conference. And one of the doctors who is actually, I think a radiologist was like, you know, half of what they were saying, they really know what they were saying. So I'm like, if a doctor who is actually a consultant can say this, what can, you know, other people like patients and, and the rest say? So I, I want, you know, everyone, if anyone, you know, is listening to this podcast and you are of the African descent, you know, I feel that, you know, you can actually join hands, even those who are not, you know, who have a passion for Africa should join hands, you know, to come into, come on board and, you know, get into um, the lung cancer, you know, advocacy and push research, not just in, in America, on Europe or in other parts apart from Africa, but push research in Africa. So I want more people to be involved, more doctors, more nurses, more health workers involved, because the more that we have those in the science, you know, involved in this, the more that we'll be able to have a lot of buying and we'll get, you know, a lot of funding to get research, you know, going. And, and I actually believe that, you know, once we start this in Africa, there will be moving closer to a cure of lung cancer. And I believe that in my lifetime, I will be able to see that a, a cure, you know, is, you know, preferred, you know, for lung cancer. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're going to move to Erica. What are your personal wisdom to anyone that is listening to us who wants to get involved in advocacy for lung cancer? I would say advocacy for me was this, you know, my body is not very, I am not in control of my body anymore. And lung cancer is going to do what lung cancer is going to do. But for me, when I started advocacy, I really felt like I had control over something and control over the future of lung cancer. I felt like the work that I was doing and am doing will bring about real change and it will have an impact in the future. And seeing the science unfold firsthand and understanding it is what gives me real hope. I find real hope behind the science and us moving the needle. And I think that that's huge. I think that the sense of control is just very powerful. And it's why I continue to advocate. Thank you, Erica. 
And Lillian, how can people get involved in lung cancer advocacy work? Well, I guess the main thing is to, first of all, get to know who you are, what you're passionate about, what you're good at. Um, I think it's really important that you don't try and copy and walk the path that someone else has walked. I think it's we're all very unique and there's just so much to do in lung cancer research advocacy and advocacy in general. So if we know who we are and the opportunity is there, then we can take it and be the best that we can and really contribute uniquely. I think that as research advocates, we really need to connect with the community to really understand the collective needs of the community so that we can be the best advocate that we can be. For health professionals, you can really support us in the advocacy world. If you're listening to this and you have the opportunity, not only educate us, but also support us in your projects, include us at the meeting table, really value our input and encourage, encourage all of us to give you that patient perspective. We, I guess, understand that as researchers and as health professionals, there are so many things that you need to concentrate and, and focus on that you know, we are here as to give you that lens to support your work. For any advocates that aren't already involved in research, think about whether that this interests you. And if you are interested, then reach out to people like the IASLC who runs the STARS program and they can help you connect with advocates in your own country, but also globally as well. Thank you, Lillian. I think as we continue to learn from our patients' advocates, this is a call to all researchers, investigators, that it is extremely important that the boys or patients and caregivers are included in everything we do. I, for a personal experience and for other experiences, every study we improve when you're able to involve the people that are the most affected by the disease, they have a perspective that you, even if you have 20 years investigating lung cancer, you cannot provide. So it is wonderful to get to know all of you. We are coming to the end of the podcast. We appreciate your time, your passion, Lillian, Caleb, and Erica from the ISLC STARS program. We would like to give you the opportunity to say goodbye to our listeners. Lillian? Thank you so much, Anjay, and thank you to Caleb and Erica as well. It's been such a lovely time talking to you about research advocacy. And I also want to take this opportunity to thank the ISLC for all the work that they do in giving a voice to the lung cancer patient community, not just through the STARS program, but also through this podcast. So thank you so much for having me. Caleb? Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, NJ. Thank you, Lillian. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, ISLC, for this opportunity. It's great to talk about what I'm passionate about, which is lung cancer research advocacy. And I, I believe that um, this is the beginning, like I've said, you know, this is the beginning of great things you know, to come in, in terms of lung cancer research advocacy in Africa. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Colette. Erica? Yeah, I would just like to say thank you to everyone. And Jay, this has been great having conversation with you. And the company of Lillian and Caleb is always amazing. They're amazing advocates. And 
I've learned so much from both of them. Thank you so much. And thank you to the IASLC for having the STARS program and allowing us to become research advocates and better advocates, more confident advocates. The STARS program was an amazing experience, and I hope that it reaches so many more advocates to become a research advocate. So thank you so much for having me today. This is a wonderful way to start today. And to all listeners, I hope you stay tuned for our podcast that goes the first and the third weeks so of each month. Particularly for Lung Cancer Awareness Month, we are going to be releasing a new episode every week. So come back to us often and please reach out to Caleb, Lillian, and Erica if you're interested in advocacy and you have further questions or to ISLC if you're interested in joining the STARS program. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Lung Cancer Considered. You can find all our podcasts on our website, www.iaslc.org, in our newsroom or on SoundCloud. Please take a moment to rank, like, and share your favorite episodes with your colleagues.